you have people now asking, well, well, how do you feel? Because now they're making all that money. And I say, well, you know, they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for us. Many of us know the story of Wilma Rudolph and what she did at the 1960 Olympic Games, overcoming various illnesses to become the first woman to win three Olympic gold medals in the 100, 200, and 4x100. We'll definitely dive into her story very soon, but today, I want to talk about the sometimes forgotten Edith McGuire, who just four years after Rudolph did it in 1960, won three Olympic medals at the 1964 Games in the 100, 200, and 4x100. Though McGuire earned one gold and two silvers, her accomplishments were just as impactful and deserve a bit of highlight as well. My name is Anderson for Track and Field Black History, and today we'll tell the story of Edith McGuire from the United States, just the second black woman to win three Olympic medals and a legendary member of the Tennessee State Tiger Bells. Edith McGuire excelled both athletically and academically while attending Davis T. Howard High School in her hometown of Atlanta. While earning accolades such as best all-around student in her class and being named to the honor roll, she was also participating in basketball, cheerleading, and track and field. But once I went to high school, that is when I got into sports. I played basketball, ran track, and was a cheerleader during the football season. And all my friends, we all participated in everything. From September to June, uh, we were very, uh, very active. During the local track meet in her sophomore year, McGuire beat out the top sprinter in the city of Atlanta at the time. That race gave everyone a clear indication of what she was truly capable of and that she would be a very, very special athlete. As she continued to compete and win races, her high school coach recommended that she participate in a summer clinic run by Coach Ed Temple at Tennessee State University in Nashville. And then in 1960, the year that Wilma Rudolph went to the Olympics, I was asked to go to Tennessee State for Coach Temple's summer program. He was able to have this summer program because he was the only school with a team for girls, and this was, of course, before Title IX. And so he had a summer program where he always invited uh, high school students up, high school girls up during the summer. And we trained with them, and we went to the Nationals. Ed Temple was a coach of the legendary Tennessee State Tiger Bells, which was the most dominant women's track and field program throughout the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and into the 80s. Names such as Mae Fags and Y. Matthias to Madeline Manning Mims and Chandra Cheeseboro. They had all represented as Tiger Bells at the Olympic Games and had won over 25 Olympic medals between 1952 and 1984. Just prior to McGuire, though, was most notably Wilma Rudolph, who, while competing as a Tiger Bell, won four Olympic medals, including three gold medals at the 1960 Olympic Games in Rome, Italy. Everyone looked up to what Rudolph had done, and McGuire wanted to join the greatest track and field team in the country. When I went to Tennessee State that first summer, Coach Temple always showed us films. And I remember seeing one, and it was a finals, and it was eight girls in the finals, and about five or six of them had Tiger Bell across their chest. And when I saw that, I was 16 years old, and when I saw that, I said, I want to be like them. So, after attending the training camp, and combined with her academic excellence, McGuire earned a scholarship to attend Tennessee State in the fall of 1961. 
she was finally going to be a Tiger Bell and would be competing alongside the likes of Wilma Rudolph, Waimea Tyus, and others. Shortly into her career at TSU, McGuire was making a huge impact. She quickly became one of the top athletes in the country and, in 1963, earned a spot to compete at the Pan American Games in April that year. At those 1963 Pan American Games, McGuire would become the 100-meter champion and long jump bronze medalist, proving she could not only compete with the best in the United States, but also some of the best in the world. Just a year later, all eyes were on McGuire as well as her teammate and friend Waimea Tyus on what they would do going into the 1964 Olympics. At the U.S. Olympic Trials, Tyus and McGuire finished 1-2 in the 100-meter dash, while McGuire finished first in the 200 to book her spot on the team in both events. A few months later, the U.S. team arrived in Tokyo, Japan for the 1964 Olympic Games, and McGuire would go on to make history. In the 100-meter dash, while fellow Tiger Bell Waimi Tyus won gold in a world record time, McGuire finished just behind her, earning a silver medal in the event. Wyoming Atias of the U.S. set an Olympic mark in the semifinals of the 100-meter dash. And now in the finals, she runs her rivals into the ground to reach the tape in 11 and 4 tenths seconds. She upsets her teammate, Edith McGuire, by two yards as she flies across. She would follow that up in the 200, though, this time earning a gold medal and setting an Olympic record of 23.0 seconds. That made her just the second black woman to ever win an Olympic 200-meter gold, following in the footsteps of Wilma Rudolph, who had won the title four years prior. Here's Waimi Tyus commenting on McGuire's 200-meter Olympic gold medal. They had dubbed Edie to win three gold medals, as Wilma had done in 1960, and that came along to kind of mess that up. But uh, we, were, uh, we won 100. I came first, and she came second. And Mr. Temple was so thrilled. He said, I was just through with the Olympics. I got two people. They won 100. They got first and second in 100. So uh, Coach Temple, he came up and talked to Edith, I remember, for before the 200. And he, I think Edie told him, Mr. Temple, I'm going to win the 100. I mean, the 200. Something is very out of character for her. But she did. And she went on to win the 200. Yeah. To cap off her Olympic Games, McGuire would join with Tyus, Willie White, and Marilyn White, all four of whom were TSU Tiger Bells, and would win a silver medal in the 4x100-meter relay. A quick note that the U.S. silver medal time of 43.9 seconds would eventually be recognized as a world record as the gold medal-winning team from Poland had a member who failed a test some years later. So, not only did McGuire follow up Wilma Rudolph as a 200-meter Olympic champion, she also followed in her footsteps by winning three Olympic medals at the same games, just a second black woman to do so. We have since seen names such as Valerie Briscoe Hooks, Florence Griffith Joyner, Allison Felix, and others accomplish a similar feat. Because of her accolades and accomplishments, McGuire was among the top 10 finalists for the 1964 Sullivan Award, given to the most outstanding American amateur athlete, and was also ranked fourth in the Sportswoman of the World competition. In 1966, McGuire graduated from TSU with a degree in elementary education and also retired from the sport of track and field. She served as a teacher for almost a decade in both Atlanta and Detroit, and later moved to Oakland, California, where she and her family would settle. What's important to note here is that in 1966, McGuire was only 22 years old. Now, in our current world, that would be considered the start of an athletic career in our sport. 
but things were significantly different back then. The sport was completely amateur, so there wasn't any money for athletes. Many simply competed for the love of the sport. And this was even more pronounced for black women in track and field, where opportunities were few and far between. I taught school my first year out of, out of college. I had a college degree, making barely $5,000 a year. I had an extra job. I, I stayed at home with my mother, gave her $50. My car note was like 120 something a month. Brand new car, had a new car, $120. Despite that, McGuire continued to give back to her communities and young athletes in many different ways. In addition to being a school teacher, she worked with various community groups to serve and support youth in both Detroit and Oakland. In Oakland specifically, she worked with the city school system and police department to sponsor programs providing children access to educational and athletic opportunities. You have people now asking, well, well, how do you feel because now they're making all that money? And I say, well, you know, they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for us. Edith McGuire may not have the name recognition of a Wilma Rudolph, Florence Griffith Joyner, or an Allison Felix, but just like those amazing women, McGuire had a huge impact on the sport of track and field and laid the foundation for many of the athletes that competed in the years after her. Be sure to follow us on wherever you get your podcasts, check out the Instagram for more stories and athlete highlights, and we'll be back again next time with more track and field black history. Thanks for listening. Full credit and thanks to the Center of Sport and Social Justice for the interview clips of both Edith McGuire and Wyomi Tyus.